If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, your inside look into the best of vice. It's Wednesday, March 13th. I'm Sophie Casas. Today, we're talking about a new Vice poll that tries to parse out what vanilla sex means in 2019. Vice writer Anna Iovini was chatting with some friends about how they categorize different kinds of sex, specifically vanilla versus kinky sex. And they realized they weren't entirely sure what the definitions of these terms actually are. Does everybody agree on what's vanilla and what's kinky, or do people's ideas around sex vary dramatically? So to find out, Iovini put out a survey to Vice's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts. And she got 4,242 responses. And she learned a few things. So today we've got Vice Features editor Kate Drees talking with Anna Iovini about the results. Um, Hi, Anna. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? It's been so long since I sat next to you all day (laughs) two seconds ago because we're seat buddies. Yeah, it's nice. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to, I guess, start off by asking you to tell me a little bit about how you came up with the idea for this piece, which, you know, feel free to go into as much detail as you want, though. Mm -hmm. Also a disclaimer, this is... an Slightly not safe for work conversation, I guess, but we are at work, so that's yeah, nice that we can we talk are. about this. Yeah, for our work, it is safe. Yeah. Um, so I'd say this article came out of conversations with friends about our sexual experiences and what we considered vanilla for ourselves and what we considered kinky. And we sort of realized that our perceptions weren't aligned with our experiences. We also discussed porn and what how porn might have changed things so it got me thinking about if my friends and I were thinking about this if other people were thinking about it and if other people had views about what vanilla sex is or what kinky sex is and I wanted to sort of ask that in a broad sense which made me think of producing a survey yeah I think something that when you first brought this idea to me that I thought was interesting was there's really something kind of powerful in our understanding of words and their meaning like I think of the word vanilla and it's like oh like bland boring like not that interesting Mm -hmm. Um, but then as we'll get into and as you discovered like what that actually means in terms of literal actions when it comes to sexuality is can be really radically different so you said you started with this survey can you tell us a little bit about what that looked like sure So the survey was created in Google Form, which is super easy to make surveys in. And I wanted it to be simple because I didn't want someone to click on it and then see a ton of questions and immediately just be turned off and click out of it. So I knew I wanted to ask two things. I wanted to ask what people consider vanilla and I wanted to ask what people consider not vanilla or kinky. Besides that, I also wanted some demographic insights. So I asked for age, 
gender and I for gender I made it um, multiple choice male female non-binary and other and then I also asked for location there's so many things that I could have asked like could have asked for marital status race sexual orientation but a I think that would turn off some people just if they don't want to reveal a lot of information but I also thought that it would just be so much information that I'd be bogged down by it yeah especially what we talked about a lot was like what is the purpose of this survey? Like, if we know that it's not going to get anywhere close to, you know, a real scientific survey, like, what do we want to glean from it? And I think what you kind of said to me and what I agreed with was, like, this is a way to just get a really broad swath and look at some insights that you might not be able to get from just, like, trying to interview a bunch of people. And I think you kind of, what we'll talk about is, like, you you did end up getting like a lot of stuff that I think would have been hard to get if you tried to literally interview 4,000 people. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yeah. I was really surprised at the response. My goal when sending out the survey was to get 1,000 people to respond. I sent it out on Vice's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram because I'm also the social editor and I can sort of do what, what, what I want in that respect. But I was really afraid because of the contents of the survey that I wasn't going to get a lot of people to respond to it, but it really exceeded my expectations. There's kind of something funny there, too, that you hit upon is like, this topic is endlessly fascinating to people, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, as much as it's personal and private, you know, this is anonymous, but you managed to get people to open up about things because it is such like a constant endless fixation in our society. So besides the survey that you kind of sent out and got all these responses from, what else did you look at when you were thinking about reporting on and trying to figure out, you know, these terms, vanilla and kinky, and how our conceptions of them have shifted over time? Mm -hmm. I decided to interview some experts to get some insight and context for the answers that I was going to receive. So I interviewed a sex therapist, a sex historian, a writer and speaker who's non-binary and queer, and a product developer for a kink app. And I wanted to see what they thought was vanilla sex and what they thought the general public would think of as vanilla sex. And it turns out that they were pretty much aligned with the survey responses, which I thought was pretty cool. So what did you think you were going to find from this if you had any expectations? And then what were your kind of overwhelming results from it? Going into it, I thought that people would think that say oral and anal were pretty vanilla just because it's something we hear a lot about in society and I think it's some those two things are popular in porn and what I found out was that anal was actually the top kinky term which I was so fascinated by because it was discussed by 70% of participants as something that's kinky while as I was right about oral sex because that was mentioned by 20% of the surveyors as being vanilla while the top term for vanilla was missionary which yeah. is around uh, <laughs> which is <a> little... <laughs> like truly unsurprising i think probably yeah yeah absolutely i agree and that was a bit over 53 percent of people uh who said that and while a lot of people said anal was kinky that doesn't mean that it's kinky for everyone while an act like that might be kinky for say a couple who is cis and hetero it could be completely vanilla or completely basic for couples who are not cis and not hetero Yeah, I think something I liked about the piece was like, so we use this like highly unscientific study, but it's so kind of couched and and contextualized in all this history and these interviews with people as just like a lens and a way to kind of understand even like 
what are people saying about this just generally and and how like you said like how willing are people to talk about this stuff which as you learned very well mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah one of my sources meg john barker who's a non-binary writer they told me something that i really loved which is that if you count up all the people who are say non-monogamous queer into kink you'd actually find that people who are quote vanilla or quote normal are a lot fewer than you would actually think Can you talk a little bit about, you know, how that word vanilla came to be associated with a certain kind of sex? Yeah, there's no one story to determine when vanilla was first used in a sexual matter or as a sexual term, but it's believed to be brought up by the queer community and the queer community specifically in the 1970s. One influential group was Samoys, which was a group of Lesbians in the kink community who believed in BDSM and believed in porn, they were pro-porn, which was sort of radical at the time. There were several anti-porn feminist groups who believed that porn was anti-feminist and BDSM and kink were anti-feminist as well. But uh, Samoys, they used vanilla to flip kink on its head and sort of say that non-kink was boring. This is such a good example of a term that has been embraced by mainstream culture and whose origins are in oppressed communities. So there's something kind of interesting, too, about the use of the kind of rise in use of these terms, vanilla and kink, too, right? Like Mm -hmm. the fact that we're even using them at all seems to suggest a broadening of our willingness to do and talk about these actions in the first place, right? Yeah, absolutely. What I've learned is that our perception of sex and what is normal and what people are willing to try has changed vastly in the last century alone. Prior to maybe over 100 years ago, marital sex was to procreate for the most part. Of course, people did other acts besides that. But in literature and scientifically, there are only so so many things that people were willing to admit that they did um, and, of course, only did with their spouse. But as time has gone on, society has obviously changed a lot. And thus what people do has changed and what people say they do and are willing to be open about and public about has changed. Yeah, like it seems to me that there must be, I mean, maybe just wishful thinking, but that people might hopefully feel not as bad about doing a lot of the things that they do now than they used to. I mean, you talk about how a lot of these shifts or pegged to some of the biggest social movements of, you know, American history, at least. Mm -hmm. So the civil rights movement, the women's rights movement, the gay rights movement, it seems important to think about the way that our judgments of each other and ourselves are just inherently tied to an evening out of rights across, like, so many different categories. I know you also did some comparison to previous sexual research studies. Can you talk a little bit about what kind of work has been done in this space before that you used to contextualize some of this information? Yeah, for sure. So basically, the first survey of its kind like this was the Kinsey reports in the late 40s and early 50s. He didn't use the terms vanilla. That term was sort of coined later to be described in a sexual matter. But he did want to find out what people were into and what people's behaviors were like. So he would ask people to say, read an BDSM story and respond to it. And very little people were like turned on by it or 
had a sexual response to it, whereas in my survey, BDSM is still considered kinky and I guess, for lack of a better word, abnormal or something you don't expect when having sex, when having vanilla sex. So over 20% of people mentioned BDSM and 14% mentioned bondage. Yeah. And then you also said that there was this other study that I was not super familiar with in the 90s, the Janus Report. What was interesting to me about that one was it seemed like they more clearly asked people, like Kinsey's study was sort of, which, you know, as you said, is really famous now, was the first to just kind of figure out like what people were doing. But the Janus Report, I thought, was kind of interesting and a good parallel to yours because it seemed to specifically ask people what did they think was normal and abnormal. What really fascinated me was that, as I mentioned in the article, around 25 years after the Janus report, we're not so far off from those insights that they gleaned. And I thought that was especially interesting because in those 25 years, we've had the Clinton-Lewinsky scandal. We've had the rise of the Internet and thus Internet porn and Fifty Shades of Grey and Sex in the City and all these forms of media that have normalized sexual activities But in the Janus Report, which is released in 93, 69% of participants described anal sex as unusual or kinky. And that's almost perfectly aligned with mine around like 70%. Yeah. Said the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of fascinating how Kinsey was a long time ago and Janus in relative span of things was a long time ago. But it's obvious that a lot of these attitudes take a while to shift for everyone involved. I think this is both a slightly, I wouldn't say overwhelmingly personal piece, but, you know, you kind of frame it in terms of, you know, this came from conversations and and experiences you were having. And then you do all this research and talk to all these people. You know, what was it like to kind of put that out into the world? And like, what kind of reception have you gotten from it? It was slightly scary, uh, just because I do reference my preferences. And I also discuss some people who completed the survey were very gracious enough to talk to me. And they were very personal and some wanted to be more anonymous than others. But I was nervous in that respect, because the internet is forever. But (laughs) (laughs) um, I've gotten mostly a great response, which is awesome. There are some comments on Instagram that were like, oh, I put the chart of the top kinky terms on Instagram. And I got some comments that said that, oh, that's not really kinky, or oh, everyone who completed this was vanilla, um, which I just thought was very interesting. That's so funny. It's like <laughs> kind of proves your overall point, right? Mm-hmm. That like no one can really agree, even if we have these broad sweeping ideas mm-hmm. that seem like they're generally sort of understood to mean something. Yeah, that's what I really got from the survey and my interviews the most. A 19-year-old college student I interviewed, I think, said it best when She said it doesn't really matter what is vanilla. Uh, As much as I do think we have this tendency to want to classify things, um, and I agree with that, I don't, and I certainly want to classify things too sometimes. That's why I did this entire article. But um, at the end of the day, it really only matters if it's consensual and safe. Yeah. Do you think like, I mean, this was obviously a pretty big undertaking for you. Did it like inspire any further pieces? Did it make you never want to do anything this data-based again? No, I loved it. I would love to do another survey about a topic that I hope people are interested in. Uh, I liked seeing what, if not vice readers and people who came across the survey were into. And I liked seeing that people really wrote thoughtful responses, which I appreciated and I wasn't expecting. So I would love to do that again. Um, 
working with the data was also fun. I think if I had to do anything differently, I wouldn't make everything free response. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's like, it's sort of hard to be like, take someone's like long rambly answer into like what their sex life is like and like parse it into some sort of graph. Exactly. Yeah, that was difficult. But I definitely do this again with those learnings. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how like, I don't know, I not that I ever think that like every new sex piece is the last one, but there it does seem to be a topic that people are just endlessly ready to talk about. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Which is awesome. One thing that I was really happy about was that a lot of respondents were in their 20s. And I think people who are younger are really readily willing to talk about their sex life. Yeah. Which is cool. One question I asked, I asked people to leave their email if they did want to speak with me further and around one quarter of respondents did of all ages which I think was cool and I think there's a lot there's a lot more to uncover I think you can read the full article at vice.com that's it for now thanks so much for listening and make sure to tune in again on Friday for another vice guide to right now ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be (laughs) Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like... You know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, <laughs> yeah, you, you were different. Like, you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.